Welcome in to another edition of the Weber State Wildcat Podcast with Athletic Director Jerry Bovey. I'm Paul Grua from Weber State Athletic Communications. Jerry, we are here at the Big Sky Kickoff, just wrapped up another Big Sky Kickoff, and that means football is not far away as well as the other fall sports, and it's coming soon. But today, we uh, this is a chance for you to sit down with all the athletic directors, conference commissioner, SWAs, and so forth, and, and today we're going to talk to one of them here. We're excited. The great Bill Chave from Eastern Washington. Athletic Director Bill Chaves, now I believe in your, entering your 11th year, does that sound right, at it Eastern is. Washington? I, 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 thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I think Jerry and I, uh, at this point in time, are kind of one and two. Yeah, I start, I'm starting my ninth year. I think I think uh, Jeff Tingey might be sandwiched in there in between. Is he at, is he at 10? Yeah, he was here just a little before me. So, But but definitely, uh, outside of that, I, I, uh, then we're yeah. folks probably more like in the five-year range, yeah. five yeah. or less. And it's amazing so, to see the turnover, how that works in our industry. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it, there is a pause in life, right? Uh, you know, you, Turned fifty at one point and got the time, which I did last year, and then you this ten, year. <laughs> there, sure. and then ten years, you know, in in one uh, job, and it, it, you know, you, you pause a little bit and you start thinking about um, you know where you want to go and how you want to uh, move forward, and obviously with the new commissioner, uh, you know, wrapping up the first year, I think we're we're still trying to find our way from a conference standpoint on how we're functioning as a group. Yeah, I, I think so, and both of us also have an opportunity to to uh, sit on it some NCAA committees and interact there and, and assist in that uh, governance process with the conference, and that adds a, another element uh, for what we do. Yeah, I mean, our our conference is so well represented, uh, given the fact that we have affiliates in football. Don Oberhelman at Cal Poly has sat on the Division One Council representing the Big West Conference. Steve Perez, who sits on the Division One Council, representing the FARS group. And then I'm on the Division One Council, and you're on the Committee of Acad- on Academics. Lisa Campos is on Football Oversight Committee. Yeah. I mean, we, we have some tremendous representation on a national level. And, you know, so when we get into these meetings, um, I feel as if we're about as educated as a conference as there is probably literally in the country. I mean, truly. Yeah, when D- Diane Dickman from the NCAA came in to a meeting uh, in Flagstaff a few months ago, she said, "I to see you all in the room here, it was shocking to me to see how many people are actually involved with NCAA governance from the Big Sky Conference, which says a lot about our people and about the importance of it, but but also about where we're viewed maybe nationally from an FCS perspective. Yeah, and you know, I think as if you go back in time, you go back historically with the NCAA and governance, and let's face facts, it's hard to govern uh, you know, 351 schools all playing with different budgetary, uh, I guess, constraints, and in some cases, uh, uh, abilities. And, and so uh, it seems like every 10 or 15 years, we hit a reset button on the yeah. governance structure, and we're just now two and a half years in, and actually we're getting some folks now rolling off the, co- uh, yep. the council. In fact, Don is rolling off this year, and I've got one more year left on, on the council. And you know, that's when it gets tricky, I think, because now you bring new people in, all great people, but now you're trying to kind of envelope them into what's been going on, and we're still trying to find our footing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I was on the uh, initial committee on, or it was uh, the uh, CAP, we called it, yes, right? Yes, And then we, we transitioned that, and I was actually rolling off after a four-year stint, and because of the new governance change, was asked to stay just so that there was some continuity and, you know, institutional knowledge f- 
for lack of a better word. And so now it'll end up being an eight-year stint by the time I'm done. I had the opportunity now to chair the data subcommittee and, and be involved with some really great opportunities career-wise and, and to be on the ground floor of that. But it's, it's a long road and making sure that, uh, that we balance that because when new folks come in, there's a learning curve with, this, with some of the issues that we've got to grapple with. Uh, and especially with APR, uh, on those academic, there's a, there's a component to it, a mathematics component that if, if you're, in, you, it takes a little time to get up to speed on. Well, and, and you've done a great job with the uh, uh, conference in, in educating us um, on, on those various, uh, I guess, nuances. And, and I always, and you probably do the same thing, I always try to grapple and balance with, um, you know, going to Indianapolis and spending time there as opposed to being on your own campus mm -hmm. and, and doing the things that you need to do for Weber and for Eastern. But I, I do think there's, there is a benefit to it because when we sit in these meetings and even when I'm on campus at Eastern, I just have a different level, I guess, of uh, uh, thoughts and uh, information for our staff when we're talking about various things and whether it becomes time demands or all, all these things that we've talked about you're kind of hearing it on the ground floor and we're able to I guess question it um, thoughtfully because even here we had some conversation about yeah. we've heard a couple different things because everything's new as we're rolling along so yeah. uh, so I think it's healthy but um, you always have to balance and, and make sure you're doing what's right for your own institution. No question and, and it's a constant uh, you have to constantly look at that I, I look at some others I've been watching a little bit with what's going on at Michigan State and with you know Mark's involvement on the basketball committee which is a, a heavy commitment and then being able to take care of things on campus, I've heard him say, you know, just in, I don't know him, but I've watched kind of the things that he's dealing with, and you have you have to you have to make sure that you the things you're involved with that are good for your institution for the conference don't get in the way of what you do on a daily basis to make you know to, with your job. No question, and you could be on your campus 24/7/365, and things still happen. Yeah, and so and, and so, but um, but you're right. There's a balance to all this, and. Uh, you know, um, I, I, it's 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 impressive. I guess I'll, I'll say this for our industry. I know there's a lot of uh, there's a, you know, a lot of chatter out there. There's a lot of narrative with folks that that are either talking heads or, or write about intercollegiate athletics. At its core, I, I I do feel good about the people that do are in charge of intercollegiate athletics. I do believe they want the best for the student athlete. I do believe, but a lot of issues are complex. And many people want to have a simple answer to it. They want to have a three-word answer to it. You know what? Most issues we're dealing with does not have a three-word answer. No, there's very complex issues <laughs> yeah. with regard to, especially right now we're talking a lot about student-athlete well-being, time demands, but also uh, the pay, the pay issues. And, and another lawsuit that's, that just came up with Ohio State this over the weekend or in the, in the last few days that, that's going to be interesting to watch. And they are complex. I have people all the time say, why can't you pay them? Well, there's insurance issues and there's uh, work Lab comp issues. Labor issues. Labor issues that, that, you know, and at our level, it's a different, the, the funding and whatever is different than, than in the SEC or in the Power Five. And, so. I always, and I always do say this. I always kind of qualify, uh, not that it's right. You know, not that it's right or not that we have to do it this way. But if you do want to pay, it's going to come with a whole other host of potential int intended and unintended consequences. Which aren't sustainable 
all the way. That's right. And, and you know what? And so what you would end up doing is probably go from 351 schools to probably more of a club concept. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and, and that's okay. They do it in Europe. I mean, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's okay. Maybe it's not going to be connected to higher ed anymore. I don't know. I mean, I know. It, you just never know. But be careful what you're asking for. And in the end, I think you lose out on opportunities I for student-athletes to I participate. Do. So. I do. Because we're always talking about the 1%. Yeah. We're always talking about the 1%. And, and I don't disagree. There's some things that are kind of head-scratching out there. But, you know, even the one-and-done thing that gets a lot of play, I hate to say it, that's an NBA rule. Yeah. That, that's, a, that, that, that's a CBA issue with the NBA. And so then the question becomes for us, do we accept someone in for one year if that's where they want to be? Well, I, I, I think I've come full circle around a lot of different mm -hmm. things. You know what? I think it's great if, if someone comes onto a, a campus, even for 12 months, even for nine months. I think they're probably a better person for having done that. And so, you know, but each program has to make their own choices as to whether or not that's good for them. Yeah. We're talking with Bill, we're talking with Bill Chaves, the athletic director at Eastern Washington. With Jerry Bowlby on the Uber Shape Wildcat podcast, let us uh, tell us a little bit about how these meetings work. You have fall meetings, you have spring meetings, and I with the big sky. But you have a lot of people involved. You have presidents, you have the commissioner, you have athletic directors, you have coaches that have their opinions. How does it all work? Who really makes the decisions on things like scheduling or you know various things like that? How does it all work? Yeah. So I, I here's I'll take the first crack at it, and then Jerry can clean me up. Please. It, we have two real different, I think, philosophies because uh, we're between, uh, you know, we're evolving with Andrea and going into her second year. I think the way Doug, you know, Doug was here for about 25 years, and, and certainly if you're here at the place 25 years, you're going to have a way of doing what he did. And so, as a commissioner, um, yes. As a commissioner. And so, and then how you meet. And so, actually, we're trying to really continually evolve this right now. In fact, had a great meeting this morning, Jerry led it, and, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about these things so that we can talk about the things that we feel like can move the needle for the conference. And um, and then how do we get maybe working groups involved? How do we get various other groups that they kind of do the deep dive into the weeds? They bring it back and say, hey, we've kind of done all this, but here's what we're thinking, A, B, or C. And then we can kind of go down a path and say, yeah, that might make sense. But it's always been a little bit interesting, and, and again, having been around this for about a decade, is a lot of times it feels like administratively you play defense, and, and I'm hoping that we have a chance to play a little offense when we fail. Yeah, and I, I think this this weekend's this week's a prime example. Typically, we'll have a fall meeting and a spring meeting, and with legislative items or NCAA legislation or you know, tournament structure, uh, going to a neutral site in basketball. It takes, when you're only meeting face-to-face -face twice a year, it, it takes a little time to get things done. And, you know, we, we might get accused sometimes of the, the wheels of progress turning very slowly. Well, part of it is is that we're all day-to-day, -day, I mean, just pounding on the things we got to do on our campuses. And then to take a pause and, and think globally for a minute and be together in a room, you can't get it done on phone calls or Google Hangouts. Uh, there's some things you just got to be in the room on. This summer meeting's kind of evolved. It, it started completely as a way to showcase football, kick football off, bring the coaches and administrators in, and the media. Uh, you know, get a lot of your B-roll done for for the games throughout the year and the interviews and all that stuff that has to happen in one place. We've kind of transitioned that now to to add another meeting to our. I mean. This time, for the first time, was a another uh, action meeting for for the athletic directors and the senior women administrators. 
that we spent six hours over a three-day period uh, in business. Well, we end up discussions. Y no question. And so I, I think you're going to find, you know, there many of us, uh, if we're going to be here, when we'd rather you know, meet face-to-face -face and get some things done. You know, Andrea's coming from the Big Ten. Mark Ward now at Sac State's coming from the West Coast Conference. Debbie Corm, who's the interim AD at Southern Utah, has been at multiple conferences. You know, Lisa Campos has been at uh, CUSA. So we, it, Leon Costello at Montana State's been at Missouri Valley Conference. So they've seen the way others function and and I just think, you know, we just need to continue to hit a reset and figure all that out. And even this, I you know, we're talking about actually this event, too, as far as where do we go from here? How do we evolve it? And, you know, what, what transpires? Because I do think, you know, given we'll probably talk about Pluto TV and those types of things, there, it, it, I think there's no substitute for face-to-face -face meetings, no substitute for having the coaches here. But we just have to be really smart about what we're trying to do. Before we let you go, Bill, a couple of rapid-fire questions. Uh, what's your favorite part about being an athletic director? Student athletes. I mean, on a daily basis, I, I you know, I, I, in closely second is our staff. I mean, I, I think you get into this and you're all wired a certain way, and uh, you know, you, you, those are the kind of like people that you're around. And, and sometimes, you know, we can drive each other crazy because I think we all have the same sort of, you know, mindset, and we all are thinking that we probably know what's best. <laughs> and not all the time do we know sometimes, right? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we, we get this question a lot, and we talk about the student-athlete experience and interacting with student-athletes. And sometimes in the intercollegiate model, you'll have your fans that will roll their eyes and go, really? I mean, you know, the final four and all of this stuff that you guys get exposed to, in the end, on a daily basis, that's what motors it. It's, it's great to bring them in and get to know them, see their experience, and when they leave, send them out to the world. And, and hope that they learn the lessons we provided and, and the opportunities that we're providing That's right. to be yeah, better. Yeah. Use the platform that you have to, to go, go you know, this is going to sound, you know, really, really kind of hokey, but make the world better. I mean, you can do it. You can do it. And, you know, if you if, if actually look in the New York Post today and uh, Jake Wiley, the kid that, uh, our kid that won the uh, Big Sky Player of the Year this year. And that's why I've kind of changed my views on a lot of things. I mean, he had such an impact in such a short amount of time on our campus. And if you read his story and his background, it, you're just going to shake your head and you say, you know, that's kind of the reason why we're in all this. Flip side, what's the hardest thing about being an athletic director? I'd say probably just the various constituencies that you're trying to always wrestle with. And, you know, um, not everything is through one lens. And, uh, and I think if you're dealing with faculty, they're looking at it through one lens. You're looking through your fan base, it's another lens. Student-athletes, another lens. Parents is another lens. The president and administrators is another lens. And, and coaches. Alumni, coaches, I, you know, conference office, the, the NCAA. I mean, there's just so many different things that um, – I, I, somewhere along the line, I, I just I go in, I try to figure, I, I try to figure this out. Is it good for our student athletes? Is it good for our department? Is it good for our university? That's the lens I look through when I try to make decisions. I go home at night, I sleep okay, mm -hmm. I, and I don't get too caught up in a lot of other things. Favorite memory or two in your time at Eastern Washington? Um, you know, I, obviously, winning the national title in football was huge. Um, you know, may never ever happen again, and so uh, you know that probably ranks number one. But probably just my various interactions that I've had with our student athletes, and you know, um, you know now now that I've been there ten years, I, I'm, I'm watching them come back as well, and that's kind of neat. And so uh, you know, you've just kind of established those relationships, and uh, and honestly, watching the institution grow a bit, and and, and actually, you know, when I when I got on campus, good, bad, or indifferent, and, and, and this just is what it is. Um, 
not a lot of folks, uh, student-wise, were wearing Eastern Washington uh, gear and logo. And I, I think I've seen a marked change in our campus and in Spokane, greater Spokane, and that's been kind of neat. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but it always it comes back to really the relationships of what you have. Talk a little bit about the, uh, the creative side of what we get to do with regard to facilities and, and how at our level we, we kind of figure out where all that fits with, uh, you know, obviously donors being involved in building that, but your enjoyment of being able to take take what it is and then and then look at making it better and having the vision to to kind of project what do we want to be in 10 15 20 years and yeah I, I think Jerry I you know I, I'll answer it a couple different ways um, and I thought Don Oberhelm he was on our podcast yesterday uh, and he mentioned uh, he mentioned this to me but uh, I think you always want to over over deliver and under promise about what you're trying to do, but it feels like at, at our level we, we know our lane pretty well. I think most of our student athletes are pretty appreciative of the opportunity and don't feel necessarily the entitlement aspect of it. Um, but I do believe as a as a regional comprehensive, you need to be fully aligned with your institution. You know, unfortunately, we just don't have the backstop, the financial backstops to be able to, you know, just go say I want to do A, B, and C. I mean, everything has to make sense from a university. Perspective. Yeah, you guys have been looking at a facility or a football stadium, but but that's that's a huge ticket. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Well, think of it this way. I mean, I again, I think you know me by now. I'm a distiller, right? I mean, we played 50 years at one place, 50 years in the place we're at right now. We need to go figure out what we're going to do for the next 50 years. Well, it, that is not an easy task when you're in the position to make that happen for the next 50 years. 50 years. And so we're, we're going to figure it out. We will, but it takes a little bit of time. I'm, I'm always optimistic, um, you know, but we're, uh, we're just trying to figure it out as we move forward. I'm kind of getting to the place where we got to look at a different model of maybe uh, taking a bite of the apple, but, but not the whole apple. Totally agree. And so you, you have to do it in a process. I totally agree. I'll leave you with one thing. I, I, that's right. I I, I want to continue to just keep moving things forward as far as what we have. And it might be bigger things or smaller things, but, you know, we've done a lot of, I would say, littler things, big in our world, but littler things. We need a couple other things happen. DNCA monies, we've talked about that, the one-time distribution that's coming from the quasi-endowment. We took a space that's a non-academic space that kind of was kind of a dead space at Reese Corps, and we're remodeling it into an academic center for us. And, you know, that'll be a big deal for yeah, us. Yes, absolutely. Bill, thanks for your time. We'll let you go and appreciate it. We're looking forward to coming up to uh, Eastern Washington again, the Inferno again in November. Sounds good, Paul. Appreciate it. All right, Jerry, thanks for uh, Bill Chave joining us. One of the great uh, athletic directors that I know you deal a whole lot with, and uh, great to hear uh, his side of things. Yeah, there's there's different folks in the conference that you develop relationships with that you can pick up the phone, and, you know, whether it's financial aid and what are you doing in this situation, or you've got a, a serious issue that may come up. You, you never get into the details of those things, but having peers that you can just pick up the phone and, you know what we do is so different than the, than the rest of the world, maybe. And I, I'm sure every CEO or every business owner might say, "Well, what I do is different." But but in our world, the he, and he touched on it: the stakeholders, the 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 huge pool of stakeholders that you deal with that have different and varying degrees of not only engagement but also interests, just creates a, a, a weird environment. Yeah, definitely. Us. You have a lot of people involved in making decisions. A couple things that came from the Big Sky kickoff this week. Of course, it was a football uh, event uh, with the media here. Uh, we had the all-conference team came out, four Wildcats named to that, Landon Stice, uh, Taryn Johnson, Jacob DeMaio, and Andrew Vollert. 
And then the polls came out. Wildcats picked fifth there as well. Uh, yeah, I like that. I mean, I, I talked to Jay last night a little bit about it. He goes, in my time here, we've always overachieved where we were picked. So last year we were picked ninth maybe, and we ended up – about third. About third. third. Yeah. So, so he says fifth means what does that mean? I said, well, then you got to win it or take go. second, coach. So all good. I mean, there's a lot of good things. The the Presidents Cup. I've had a lot of things on my mind yeah. going back now that we're going to be talking sure. about as a staff. Good. One of them is Learfield Cup. How do we continue to to use some of these benchmarks nationally to get better? What do we got to do to to be more relevant in the Presidents Cup? And we're going to break that down as a staff. You're going to be part of that. We mentioned a few things in our Ask the AD uh, this last week that you can see on YouTube, uh, but we uh, we talked about um, a new website uh, with Sidearm Sports and maybe Learfield. Maybe you should touch on that, what that means, Learfield, and what side, you know, Sidearm is, is a portion of that that controls the website, but what Learfield yeah, is. Yeah, Learfield is a third-party partner. So um, just like in, in other areas in business or in, in the world, um, sometimes you can be better and more effective by outsourcing. Uh, Friedman wrote a great book on the world is flat and talked a lot about outsourcing and I think that's that's moved itself into our into our world. We talked today about a, a software that we can use to do student athlete surveys. If we have to do that on our own and take the time to do it, it's expensive and we might not get a tool that's as good as some of these other products. So Learfield comes in and they're just laser focused on developing business opportunities with your corporate sponsors, with um, uh, ticketing links and and as they've grown uh, they've also added other elements to their family so they've got a, a ticketing uh, uh, a way a way to move tickets or streamline tickets to your fan base they've got website because those obviously connect with with corporate partners in your website and being able to streamline that we've recently uh, moved over to uh, sidearm which won't mean much to our fans other than it's a it's a website opportunity for us that's built by people in your yeah, industry more fresh look yeah so as you look at it and you yeah. could share i mean there's just things and tools that we're going to be able to deliver more content to there our fans. will be a lot more social media integration once the games start there'll be a lot more information game day those kind of things that will all be on the website a couple things that came out of uh, the big sky meetings here in park city uh, Pluto TV is a big thing that I think we should spend some time on and hopefully educate our fans a little bit on what that means. We've been streaming for years. Big Sky, WatchBigSky.com. It's been several years free service. Great, great service. This only enhances it further. It is still free. It is a, a free streaming service. But now you basically have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week Big Sky channel streaming on Pluto TV. People may have not heard of Pluto TV, but it is an over-the-over-the-air. It's, it's an over-the-top. Over-the-top. Uh, Service, which is the way that, that TV is trending now. A free app. You go download the app on your iPad or your, or your phone. Apple TV. A Apple TV. It's also available on Roku, Apple TV, Chromecast, those kind of things. So you can put it right to your or smart right TV. Or right from the web. Just go to or your web browser web. and type in Pluto and you can get right so to it. So on the app, you, once you download the, the uh, app, you go to it, you find Channel 230, and you, you touch it, and it goes. That's so it. let's just pause for a second and talk about over-the-top mm -hmm. uh, programming. Uh, I thought the stat was that DirecTV was losing about 8,000, six to 8,000 subscribers a day, a day worldwide. ESPN's losing about that many in their subscribers uh, a day because um, people are starting to go and get content differently, especially with the millennial generation, the way that they... Um, the way that they uh, look at content. So with YouTube and, and a shorter time frame, how things just roll. Uh, we, we live in the ESPN highlight generation. So 
we've got to figure out a way to deliver content that that is available to us in this new age that's that still tells our story i'm excited about it um this over the over the top concept basically is getting your your uh, programming a la carte whereas now you'll buy a direct tv package and it comes with all these channels and if you want more channels you buy into it and all that some are just cutting the cord on that and going out and finding content wherever they can find it. Right. So if you really like ESPN but you don't care about CNN, you just go and get ESPN. And so in your Apple TV or, or even on the World Wide Web or on your device, uh, your smartphone or your tablet, you go and get apps or you go and uh, on the World Wide Web, find your content. You find it. And now smart TVs. So you can be in your living room and, and watch basically every big Sky game on TV. So with Pluto, it's it's another option, almost like a network television that's free. So you uh, you go and download the app if you don't have. I mean, the new Apple TV uh, components when you buy will have it preloaded. Uh, but on my phone and on your phone, we download the Pluto app in the App Store, and it's automatically there. You click that app, and you're on. And the Big Sky now has a dedicated channel within that Pluto network that 24/7 content is being played. The first conference to have a 24-7 streaming channel and again you can click on it all you do is go down to channel 230 and touch it and it's, it's playing. Right now we're watching the Big Sky Indoor Track Championships. Yep. Obviously they're replaying events and games but it will be a nice thing and again educating our fans. You know some of our fans uh, I realize it's kind of hard maybe this, to understand some of this but hopefully we can we can help them. We're used to the fact the fact that okay, the game's on KJAS, the game's on Root, the game's on ESPN, whatever it is, I'm gonna go home and watch it. You don't, you know, now you can watch every game. Every game that the Big Sky produces is available on yep. TV yeah. through this way. It's different, but it's still available. It's different, but it's very similar. And yeah. so what this has done for us is we've had to become a production company. Yes, we've had to. We've been doing this for a long time. People don't realize maybe when they come to a game that what they see on the on the board, on the Dactronics board, in our center hung in the D or the the scoreboard, we have to produce that in house. It's a five camera shoot right now, and we've got students in a lot of cases with Alan Farron on campus's assistance, and we produce that. Uh, when a television station like KJAS comes in, they roll a truck in, they produce the game, and they put it up up on the wire. Well, as we move more toward this with this content, we're going to be producing this in high definition yes. to our fans. The thing I like about Pluto is that initially right now, if you go look at it, you're going to see uh, content that's already just being replayed. Um, but we'll have now a platform for press releases or press conferences uh, coaches shows. Right. I mean, all of us have to up up our game now to put content out there Definitely. that our fan base. I mean, you can think of at. the Mountain West. You know, it's, it's you know gone, but everybody kind of knew about the Mountain Network. Yep. You know? Or and the that SEC that Network. Idea, that idea, not to the of course the level that an ESPN could do, but but the idea is that it will have Big Sky content twenty four seven. And the difference about this now, Paul, is that 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 Mountain West Network failed because of the overhead to run a network. This is more organic. So each of us are going to put, put our own content on there, and, and it'll just happen. The um, schools run the content, and, and it will go. So right. it's a great idea. Um, and, and again, hopefully we can, we can teach our fans to, to use that. So go to Pluto TV, download the – or Pluto on your store, Google Store or, or your you know, app store. Download the Pluto TV app, and, and it's right there. Uh, very easy to use. Uh, there's also some news about Eleven Sports Network, which is a TV network that is a new network in the United States. It's been in, in Europe 
Uh, it is available on DirecTV in the sports package. Uh, so they will do now a game of the week in football, a game of the week in men's basketball. They'll do the semifinals and championships of, of the women's basketball, softball, soccer, and volleyball, which is a, a huge step. You may not be able to have 11 TV on your channel guide, 11 sports, but all those games will be streamed also on Pluto TV. Yeah, you've got to buy a, a, a more expensive High package end. with DirecTV to get to get the, all those sports channels, and some folks do that, but... Um, I think ultimately, as demand for that grows, it'll that channel will be more available. However, one of the major benefits we're going to get is a production value that's very high. And we're going to have more eyeballs that have access to it. I mean, I think they said 3 million or 4 million just with those that subscribe, but also worldwide. It, right. It's worldwide coverage There will be some eyeballs, but again, yeah. each game still goes through the stream. It's the same service. So, for example, when the Wildcat basketball team or football team goes on the road, where our fans have not been able to see those in the past, they're going to be able to watch them. Absolutely, All yeah, with, right with a high the production value. Right in their TV home, just like a, basically just like a TV game it would be, very similar. So yeah. that is some exciting news. It is. I, I, th I think the, the biggest takeaway here is that now fans of Weber State Athletics are going to be able to watch every football and every men's and women's basketball game as well as some softball some soccer other things that we'll move into uh, on the world wide web through an app uh, even even in your direct tv package yeah. or other packages as it, as it grows so we really are growing to that level of access that the sec and the big ten have. now granted we're on no not on network television but with the brand of the conference now being able to, to be viewed by a lot more people and access to it growing, I think that's going to be a benefit to all of us in the big sky. I agree. It's it's different different way to get content, television content, but it's it's available and it's fairly easy to get. It's just a matter of, of you know learning that. And so we're excited about that. So we'll have more information, of course, as the season gets closer, which is coming up on August 1st. The football team starts training camp and soccer and volleyball are just right after that as well. So it gets going here. Uh, very soon, in just a few weeks. Uh, a couple other things that we've mentioned, again, we, we talked about some of them on the Ask the AD, but Corbin Talley hired as the new men's track coach, replacing Dan Walker, who retired after 33 years, and uh, Corbin has come in, a former Wildcat, and really uh, energized. I, even just in the short time he's been there, he seems to have a lot of energy and has such great success at Davis High. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see how this transition all plays out. We have a lot of student-athletes that ran for him in high school that are on our in our program, and I, I've been... Uh, I've been thrilled to see how Coach Pilkington and Corbin have worked together uh, messaging. Uh, I attended their uh, team meeting that they had the other day with those that are in town, our, our student athletes that are here, um, just to see the energy and the excitement of, you know, change is always difficult for many, but it's also a time to, you know, the, the, everything's reset for our student athletes. It's, it's a new day. and. And so that that's going to be fun to see how that – change is always fun yeah. in that respect. It's a little scary for many, but uh, it's also challenging and, and great in that respect. So looking forward to getting going there. Corbin's in the office today and yesterday. And so that transition, it, I mean, when Dan announced his retirement to the to the point where Corbin's actually in the chair going, it's 10 days, which is, which for us is really, was really streamlined. Yeah. I appreciate the president's help and – it just was at a critical time in the summer where we needed to get moving. Uh, let's talk about a couple of other things real quick. Um, uh, also, just recently, the men's basketball schedule re was released. Uh, it's available, of course, on WeberStateSports.com. Starts November 10th with a home game against Utah State. Always a fun season opener. Uh, some other games, of course, at uh, the Bahamas Tournament. 
Also a game of the Beehive Classic against uh, BYU, which is new this year as well. And a game at Fresno State on the road. And then there was now six non-conference home games, including uh, Division One games against Utah State and Utah Valley and Pepperdine. Uh, not so, excuse me, not Utah Valley, but Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, a Division One team, were at Utah Valley. But we get you get asked about this. I know a lot about men's basketball schedule. How can we improve this schedule? Why is the schedule so hard? Why is it so bad at home? How can we improve it? And your answer to that is well, I think we've taken a step this year. Um, we've had to determine as an institution that we're going to invest um, some resources to attract people to come and play us here, which is which is really. As I look at maybe a St. Mary's or a Gonzaga when they started this process to get where they're at now, they they invested resources to entice people to come, whether it's hotel rooms, meals, or just a straight guarantee. And so we've done that this year. We have every intent to continue to do all we can do to get Division One games at home. Um, I'd like to, over over time, be able to reduce the amount of non-Division One teams that we play at home. I have no issues. In, you know, and Randy and I have talked about this, uh, playing an exhibition or two to kind of warm things up. I mean, it's, this year's a prime example. You, you come out of the gates with Utah State at home. You need a little bit of time to work out some of the, the bugs because that's a big game at home, and we typically play them early in the season. Last year, interestingly, we played them a little later in December after we'd been able to get a few games under our belt, and we were successful in Logan. So, um it's just it's just our effort to continue to build a home schedule. If we're going to continue to to grow and improve our, our RPI, which I see last week the basketball committee is looking at a different uh, metric, trying to, <laughs> to encourage yeah. big schools to go on the road. That's right. Yes. So that that'll benefit benefit us as well. But um, that's where we're at. We're yeah. we're going to have to invest some resources to get home games. So I hope that our our loyal fans will buy tickets and come because. Yeah. That's we did not raise our season ticket prices with even with more games. So what are you talking about? You're talking about paying a, a significant amount of money to a school like Arkansas Pine Bluff to come up here. Yeah, and and there's others out there, and you know some would say, well, why didn't you? I mean, why can't we get other teams that we've heard of? Well, with our footprint in the West, it makes it a little more difficult. Uh, but that's what we're that's what we're going to be working on is how do we continue to bring teams in? You know, I look at I look at we talk about this a lot going back to Dayton. We made a nice guarantee there, and then ended up beating them. Dane's not going to invite us back at any t- any time. You don't want to you don't want to pay a guarantee. That, I mean, you want a good game, but you you you, 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 you know you also want to win that game. Yes. I mean, as we look at RPI improvement, it's by getting Division One games and winning them, and you got to win at home. Yeah, you so. also had some discussions here about the Big Sky schedule with North Dakota moving on after this year. Yeah, we're so we're headed toward an odd. Uh, team schedule 11 with 11 teams. so uh, we talked about a 20 game schedule potentially which in and of itself gives you more division one games because you add two more one road and one home one of the challenges with an odd uh, balanced uh, uh, institutionally you either have to go with what we call a lone wolf setting where you can keep your travel partners and have someone that floats around and, and fills that 11th gap or you just schedule evenly around it. And one of the challenges that we're going to look at is what does that do to us from a budget standpoint where we've had traditionally a Thursday-Saturday play with, I think we've been with Idaho State in a travel setting. So Montana, Montana State may come in and play us each on a Thursday-Saturday. If you go to a straight rotation, you may be at home on Thursday and on the road Saturday. It increases your travel costs because – you know, you're doing some split travel things, and we got to look at that. 
when you go out on the road, you'd like to get two games in and then come home and play two. So a lot of things to discuss. Uh, we're going to put a working group together to look at basketball generally um, from a branding standpoint. Of how, how do we continue to improve basketball in the Big Sky Conference? Ultimately, we'd like to move toward a, a dual bid and, and better seeds so that we can get a win in the tournament. There's resources attached to that. So um, that'll be the next step for us yes. as we move forward. We should mention also that uh, Jeremy Seglin played very well in, in, with the Brooklyn Nets in his summer league. He did. I, I had the chance to see a couple of games on on the NBA Network, and he didn't look shy. No. <laughs> he, he had no issues getting the ball up. So I hope the best for him. hope that he can find a way to, to, to get on with that team and help that organization. Uh, our last basketball note, I know well, obviously fall sports are about to come upon us, but the uh, basketball alumni classic will be again here at the end of August, August 26th. Danny Lode will be in town for that and will be part of the event and uh, several others including Jermaine Boyette, Jimmy DeGraffenry, uh, Kel- Kellen McCoy is, is here to play. David Joe Patrick. Ballenboy coming back. Joe Ballenboy maybe come back as a coach like Danny yeah. will. Phil Johnson will be here, uh, Ronna Baglin. Uh, and, and a whole bunch of others that fun we're still weekend. working on. So I encourage you to attend that. Just a $5 ticket for that for the Alumni Classic. Jerry, we're, we're about down the stretch here. Just a, a few more weeks until the uh, fall sports get going, and it'll be here very soon. Exciting to, to look forward to another season. Yeah, we're, we are. I had a chance to visit with Coach last night. All the coaches in the Big Sky here for a little get-together last night and the other athletic directors. And, you know, I know he's excited. Um, there's all kinds of little pieces and, and things to be put into place. Um, I told him you need to you need to re- reset yourself a little bit this week <laughs> because it gets really busy. So I think he's going to take a few days with his family and and then get ready for the long grind. That's a that's a football season. But uh, when you're in the mix and you have an opportunity with a big conference like ours, and we're picked by supposed experts to at least be in the upper tier, uh, we we obviously want to to do better than maybe where we were picked but there's a lot of moving parts involved with that and we have a very good conference yeah okay thanks for joining us again thanks to bill chase the athletic director of eastern washington for joining us today as well here at the big sky football kickoffs reminder again that the seasons get going soon check out weberstatesports.com for all the latest information and schedules on the wildcats and we'll be back again soon with another podcast go wildcats